We just, you know, following our church protocols, um, we had been around somebody that had dealt with uh, COVID, and uh, so um, we did our part and we quarantined. Go ahead, buddy. You're all right. And uh, but I'll tell you what, man. I don't. We're being at church and being online are two different things, aren't they? I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's just not the same. And uh, and I love our worship. I thought Chuck did a great job last week. The worship team did a great job last week. And uh, but it's just, it's good to. There's a reason the psalm says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Amen. And uh, so it's good to be in the house of the Lord. This, uh, a couple of things I'm supposed to announce. One is, is that they've moved the, have you set a date yet, Stevie? No. Okay, it's going to be a summer day. Okay, so they've postponed the uh, young adult uh, meeting. We are really working hard to, uh, for an outreach on Halloween uh, to the community um, in Breckenridge, and um, we're actually going to be setting up all the cars at Seeley's house, and uh, they get about 200 kids on Halloween at their house, and so we thought that'd be a great opportunity for us to be able to do that, and so if you could help us out um, and bring some bags of candy in and throw them in the bucket out there, that'd be great, and then they're going to be breaking them into smaller bags, and they're getting, um, I think they're getting, I heard yesterday they're going to get uh, light bracelets for the kids and some different things, and um, of course we have some tracks that will be in there to, to minister to the families as well, and so um, we're not a Halloween celebrating church, we just really aren't, but I'll tell you what, we can use anything that's out there to reach people, Amen. And we need to be in the community. We need to be involved in the communities. And uh, this is a great way for us to, to be able to do that. So that's, uh, that's thank you. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, and I'll go right into the message today. Wednesday night, I started a, a message called The Praise Cure. And I'm going to continue that on here today. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open it to Romans 4, 20 through 21. Now, we'll have the verses up here on the uh, big screen, but... Um, if you, uh, I, I still encourage you to look at these verses in your Bible, if you would, um, and make sure that you're writing down this uh, information, because I believe this will be extremely helpful to you. Um, just as a reminder, though, we do have Wednesday night service that we're having here in the sanctuary. We have a Bible teaching for about 55 minutes. The children are working on their play, uh, and so um, we've just been dealing with all of the making adjustments to get everything moving. We're going to be okay. We're going to get ready. It'll all work out, but it's just been with sickness and all the different stuff that's been going on. We've had to make a few adjustments, but we will still be here Wednesday night at seven. So the praise, we want to talk about the praise cure. Romans 20 and verse 20 through 21 said that Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, through unbelief but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. I think it's interesting as you look at this passage, because as we, as we look at this, obviously Abraham had faith. He already had faith. And that's a, I think that's key for us to remember here, that it isn't about whether he had faith or not. He had faith. It was just what kind of faith did he have? And it says that he needed to become strong in his faith in the way that he did that because unbelief was constantly working against him. He didn't allow that himself to waver, those opportunities to waver. And I think that's really important for us as believers to realize that there will always be information coming at us, 
whether it's physical information or it's communicative information or an attack of the enemy that will be trying to communicate to us to put us into a state of wavering. Now, James tells us that he that wavers is like the waves of the sea tossed to and fro, and everything he tries to do, and it's saying basically what the enemy is trying to do is to get you to change what you say, to change what you say, all right? To change what you say. For example, Jesus taught us, Mark chapter 11, that when we say to the mountain, be removed and be cast to the sea and not doubt in our heart, but believe the things we say will come to pass, we will surely have what? Whatever we're saying. Not what we're believing. What are you saying? What are you saying? All right? So when we are, when we are standing in faith, we are going to be challenged in what we are saying. And there'll be all kinds of things that'll come. In fact, if you look at the book of Ephesians 6, and I know I'm giving a lot of verses here, but Ephesians, but I didn't get to preach last week, so I'm good. I got a lot stored up. So Ephesians 6 tells us that you and I, that we have a shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one, the shield of faith. It is our faith that has to meet those fiery darts to put them out. Now, if you look at, you do an Ephesians 6 comparison of the shield of faith in the whole armor of God, and you make a comparison to that, what it says in James, when he talks about the tongue is a wicked thing and sets on fire, sets a fire of the whole course of nature, that we realize that those fiery darts are attacking our faith. What is faith? Faith is believing, but faith is more than just believing. Faith is believing and speaking. People say, well, I believe something, but I don't really want to say, I don't want to speak. Then you, look, you're not, in a, you're not in faith yet because you're only doing 50% of what it takes to get you believe and you confess. You say, well, where is that at? Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 tells us with the, with the, that, that, uh, that it is with the heart of man believes and it is with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, the enemy would love to shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, because if, look, the enemy does not care what you believe, but he does care about what you say, what you say. And here's, here's why. This is a really great quote. Margaret Hicks, who, great woman of God, she's in heaven now, but she was here several years ago. Uh, actually, she spoke here in our church right before she passed away. She was like in her 90s, and uh, she made this statement, you are the master of your words until you speak them, and then you are the slave to them, all right? You control your words, you control, you are the master of your words inside, you, what you're thinking, what, but once you speak them, you now become slave to them. You, they now control the course or the nature or the path of your life, what you say. That's why faith is not just believing, but faith is also speaking. So I don't just believe in my heart, I must speak with my mouth, I make my declaration. Well, going back to what Abraham, Greg, if you slip back to that last slide, he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. How did he not do that? Well, one, remember now, unbelief was always present, was always trying to work, was always trying to get him to waver. Because see, if we can get you to waver, even though God may want you to have something in your life, 
you will not receive if your confession or what you are saying does not line up with what you are believing for. And what you are saying can change what you believe. Can change what you believe. A couple of weeks ago, Sharon did a beautiful job talking about cognitive dissonance in our, in our um, uh, Wednesday night service. And she shared about how that, that cognitive dissonance, what, what it is, it's a psychological term, but it means that you believe something, but your circumstances aren't lining up to it. And so you're in this conflict. Well, look, you're of God's kingdom. What you see will never line up with what you believe. But don't allow what you believe to change by what you see. Because if we allow what we see to change us, to change how we, our faith will be in a constant flux or we will be in that state of wavering. Everything around Abraham said, no way is this ever going to happen. No way. I mean, I, put yourself in his position, what he's going through. He isn't, it isn't easy. This is not easy what Abraham was dealing with. He just like every day didn't jump out of bed and go, whoo, glory, I'm going to have a child, I'm going to have a child, it's awesome, glory to Sarah, get ready. <clears throat> I'm sure there were days he got up and the attack came, just like it comes against you. Not happening, not going to happen, feel those aches, feel those pains, feel those things that aren't working right, aren't doing what they're supposed to, you're never going to get there. But he didn't waver, and here's how he didn't do it. He was strengthened in his faith, because he gave glory to God. He made a declaration to God. He made a declaration to God and then being fully convinced that what God had prom promised, he was able to perform. Psalm 67 in verses 5 through 6 says this. This is after the quote from Margaret Hicks, Greg. Let the peoples praise you, O God, and let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. There are two aspects here that I wanted to point out. One is, is that the earth, the environment that you and I live in, responds to the praise that comes from the people of God. Okay? It responds to the praise that comes from the people of God. Praise is more than just you and I singing songs. Praise is not just you and I, um, you know... Uh, remembering something that happened in our lives or some kind of spiritual thing. Praise, if you will, this morning, is the highest form, is the highest form of confession there is. Praise is the highest form. It is your ultimate weapon. It is your most, most powerful resource. And it is the dynamic that actually changes the environment that you live in. It changes your home, it changes your attitude, it changes the outside, it changes the inside. That is the power of what happens when we praise God, when we praise God and we thank God for who he is, what he has, and what he said he would do. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8 says, Who having not seen you love, and though you don't see him, talking about Jesus, yet believing <coughs> you rejoice with joy inexpressible, and full of glory. Our believing is manifested through joy inexpressible and full of glory. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How often are we to do that? Continually. Now what's, what's the power of doing it continually? 
because of the reciprocating power of praise that when what we are declaring in confession, that what we are declaring is a sharp two-edged sword, not only is it cutting into what's out here, but it's cutting into us and keeping us aligned right with what God has said over our lives. That's the power of praise. That's why we're so careful here. We're cautious about the kind of things that we sing and the things that we praise because, look, we want to make sure that we are offering you premium praise. Because we, you know why? Because we want you to have premium faith. You were designed for premium praise. And you were designed to have premium faith. Devil conquering, world changing. Can I get a better amen? That's the kind of faith God wants you to have. The only, but, but see, people will say, well, I believe all that. <coughs> Excuse me. I haven't pushed my voice like this in a while. I believe all that. Well, if we believe it, then we also have to have let our praise match the level of what we are believing, okay, or what we are believing for. I read this story. This is out of a book that's by uh, Lillian Yeoman. Uh, Dr. Lillian Yeoman was a doctor in New York City. Um, she had incurable disease, was dying, and a preacher came and saw her and shared with her about how that God is a healer. Matthew 8, you know, the, what it says in Matthew 8, 17. He bore our sicknesses, carried away our diseases, Isaiah 53, 5. And so as he began to share all that with her, she says, well, I'll believe. Would you pray for me and I'll believe for, we'll believe for a miracle? Well, she got her miracle. She was, the doctor said, we don't know what happened. We don't know how this happened. In her medical understanding, she did not know what had happened. But she did know she was well. And she knows she wasn't, it wasn't a misdiagnosis. She actually had the disease that they said she had, but she was instantly healed. Well, she writes in her book about uh, this praise cure that I'm talking with you about today, the power of what praise can do. And uh, she writes this story about this missionary to China years ago who ministered fearlessly uh, to a sister missionary who had smallpox. Now, smallpox is no big deal to us. By about 1977, it's completely gone. Um, you know, most of us here, uh, I would think, in our, my age group, we all got the smallpox shot, right, or the prick or whatever it was. Some of you have a scar that came from that, um, but uh, it was pretty well, it's pretty well wiped out completely. But smallpox in its day, all right, so basically there were three kinds of smallpox you could get, all right? One of them, which was the average smallpox, and you had a 30% chance of dying from it. Now, I want you to put this in perspective, okay, with what we're dealing with with COVID. What is it, 2%? Okay, or less, right? But you had a 30% chance that you, would die from, that, that you would die from smallpox. If you got the other two variants of smallpox, there was no cure. You would die, okay? So it was huge. I mean, it was absolutely huge. And in, in our day, we don't really have the concept, the understanding of that, of how bad that really was, but it... But it really was bad. They quarantined homes. It was basically, you know, people, I mean, one-third of the household was going to be dead. Um, you know, you're just, one-third of the community was going to die if it got in a community. Uh, that's a lot of people, right? I mean, that's a whole lot of funerals. That's a whole lot of grieving. And, of course, you know, to be able to deal with it, they had, 
they couldn't just have funeral services with these contaminated smallpox bodies. They had other things they had. I mean, it was a very, very, very bad time in the world. This woman getting smallpox knew right away. Can you imagine, you know, you know what you deal with when you find out you've been around someone with COVID or you're dealing with COVID, that how that, that even though you're like, well, praise God, I'm going to be okay, but still that looming thing, but what if? But what if? What if you're one of the 2% or less? You know, what if you're in that? What if your lung, you know, you read, you hear stuff coming through. Well, your lungs could be permanently damaged or you're, you're, you'll never taste. I know people that they still today can't taste their coffee. I mean, after months and months, I mean, all the stuff that people hear and go through their minds. And look, this woman is diagnosed with smallpox. So she knows she's in big trouble. Well, this other missionary came to her and they said, there's nothing we can do for you. There isn't really anything they could give them. <coughs> and, uh, and so she came and ministered to her and said, you really need to seek the Lord about what to do. And the Lord told her that she needed to start pr praising him and singing to him about his faithfulness to his word. That's what she needed to start to do. Well, the doctors isolated her told her to lie quiet that she, and uh, that she needed to be cry, quiet the whole time, that she just needed to lay there and be still and deal with this smallpox, and she refused to. She sang so loud, and she praised the Lord. It upset everybody, obviously, and she kept getting louder and louder, and she heard the Lord say this, and I, 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 this is where I really wanted to get to with this. The Lord showed her a vision of two baskets, okay? Now watch this. One contained her praise which was half full, the other basket she saw was all the tests that they had run on her. And it was full to the top. Now I want you to think in our world we're dealing with right now, all right? You got two baskets. One's all the COVID stuff that you hear about, all the, you know, now they're all freaking everybody out about, you better get your flu shots, even though you might have got your COVID shots. And well, you could have got your COVID shots, but you still get COVID. But Maybe you won't die, but there are people that are dying. I mean, it's so confusing. Would you all agree with that? So it's just all so confusing. Well, how about this? How about we stop looking at our diagnosis basket and we start looking at our praise basket? Because you know what? I'm going to guess for most people that praise basket's about half full. And the diagnosis is full of all their articles they've read and... You know, I mean, look, man, I, I, and I'm not belittling anybody for having anything to try to deal with any kind of sickness and disease, but I know people have stockpiles of medications to try to deal with COVID when it comes. Some of it's working, some of it's not working, all right? Some of it, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but I know what works all the time. So we can have a basket full of all the diagnoses and all the, all the things, the tests and all the different stuff, or we can have a basket that's full of praise. And so I want to know what your basket's looking like today. What are your baskets looking like today? Listen to this, Psalm 8.1. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. Verse 2. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise, and I love this next line, has the power to shut Satan's mouth. I thought I'd get a better amen on that. Amen. This kind of praise <clears throat> has the power 
to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Childlike, <laughs> come on, man. That is so good. To silence and to shut up. It's in the King James, it says to silence the avenger, the one that's trying to bring vengeance on you, to try to, uh, to attack you. See, this is where, this is why. Oh, the devil don't care <coughs> what you believe, but he does care about what you praise God about what you're declaring over your home, how you worship the, the Lord God, because, see, that's the manifestation. That's the manifestation of what you believe is how you praise, how you're allowing that praise to come out of you. Sharon and I, at one point in our ministry in, uh, back in the uh, early 80s, we were broke. I mean, we were on the mission field. We were living on $300 a month. I mean, it was, uh, it was tough sledding. And, uh, but we were believing God and we were happy and we praised God. And we, you know, it was kind of a, you know, it was kind of a good thing for us because we didn't have any place else to turn. So we really turned to the Lord. You know, it kind of works that way sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, we didn't have, we didn't have parents we could call and say, Hey, could you send us the money to help us out? We didn't have any place to go. I mean, we just had to tithe on that 300, live on what we could live on, do what we could do. And we were struggling and my parents were attending Rama Bible College at the time, and they had said that they were going to come down and have Thanksgiving with us at our home there in Mexico. And so we were like, okay, that would be awesome. We would love to see you guys. And, and uh, so, but we realized after they said they would come, we didn't have any place. We had linoleum floors in our house, if you remember what that is. And so we had linoleum floors, and in the living room was wicker furniture, all right? And so we had this old wicker, this old wicker furniture, which would creak and crack every time I sat on it. And uh, we had a, our bed and Greg's bed, and that was all we had. And so we're trying to, so we're Sharon and I start talking about what are we going to do? We have no place for them to sleep. And so we came into agreement. Sharon and I said, well, what we will do is our God will meet all our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and we need a couch or a sofa couch. And so we're going to believe God that God will give us either the money for a sofa couch or he'll give us a sofa couch. So we started, we started praising the Lord. I mean, we just every day. I, and when wavering would try to come, and believe me, it would come, especially when you got other bills, you know, that's when the wavering really tries. You know, when, you're, when everything's kind of moving smooth, you're thinking, okay, God's working, it's going to come. But when, every, when you feel yourself going down instead of up, then all of a sudden the challenges start kicking in. And Sharon and I, we're just, we're, we're sitting at the kitchen table eating whatever, beans and whatever, rice or whatever we were having. And, and uh, I, I, that wavering would come. And man, I would smack that table and I would say, God is our provider. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father God, that you have provided. It got to a point for me that like all, I was almost like I expected to walk out the front door and trip over a, a sofa couch. I could see it. I could see it. Because what was happening, see, what was happening was my diagnosis basket, right, wasn't getting any attention, but my praise bucket was getting full, filled up big time. Now look, your praise does not change God. Don't, so don't mistake that God's like, well, when you get the bucket full enough, then I'll help you. That is, that is a lie, all right, because that isn't true that isn't true in any sense your praise does not make god do stuff for you that he didn't already want to do for you in fact you let me tell you about god 
God is super, God is super strong and stubborn about this. He'll do exactly what he said he would do. So if he did it, that's what he said he would do. And if he doesn't do it, it's because he didn't say he'd do it. Because faith begins where the will of God is known, okay? So you're not, but your praise changes you. Your praise changes your faith. Your praise changes your environment. Your praise changes your world around you. And so when you and I, when we start praising him, we're not getting, God's not going, oh, it's almost there, come on. <coughs> your praise is almost good enough so that I can do, no, 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 no. But what's happening is your faith and your praise are changing the environment that is around you. So, I mean, I just thought I was going to walk out. Well, one day um, we were going, I was, Sharon was in the, uh, we, we would go to the church to pray at night and uh, sit at the altar and read scriptures to each other. And, and uh, so I had, uh, that, that afternoon, I had gone to the post office to get our mail, and, uh, which was typically always bills. Missionaries believe for money, but they get a lot of bills. And so we had a lot of bills and so that were coming in, and so we are getting our bills. And there was an envelope that was in there from, uh, from someone that we knew. Now, we had never sent out a letter to anybody, said, hey, believe God with us for a couch, or, you know, we didn't do, we didn't do any of that. We, we, just, we just, weren't, we're just weren't like that. I mean, I don't have a problem with sharing need, but, but uh, we just weren't going to do that. And... Um, so this letter came and just had a check inside of it. I think it was for $300. Now, in 1981, $300 was a lot, that was a lot of money, right? And uh, so, man, I was all excited. So I was thinking, wow, oh, glory to God. Oh, man, I'm telling you, that is so awesome. And I was so excited. And so I was thinking, I, I'm going to take this back and show. Then I had a thought, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set Sharon up. And so I'm going to take this check. And I'm going to put it in her Bible at Philippians 4.19. And then when we come to time to pray tonight, I'm going to say, Sharon, read that Philippians 4.19. And she said to me, she goes, well, you know what it says. I said, yeah, but read it. Let's read it again. And she opened it up, and there was that check for $300. And, of course, you know Sharon. She starts crying, and, you know, and we're just so thrilled. And then we went and found, you know, couches. And, you know, that might not be a big deal to some of us here, but it was a big deal to us. We didn't have it. Wasn't no way to get it, and we needed a miracle. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we, we believed God, and it came in. Now, I say that because what was the breakthrough for us was doing what Abraham did. He did not waver at the promise of God, even though he could have wavered. He didn't get into unbelief, even though he could have. But he grew strong in faith, because that was the choice that he made, by giving glory to God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. We'll move along here. And when they had consulted, this is after the attack against the, the, uh, the, the Israelites, uh, they consulted together with the people, what are we going to do with these armies coming against us? And they appointed those who should sing to the Lord and should sing the praise, should sing, should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, I know a lot of times we look at like this and might go, well, it's the words, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. You don't miss what they were assigned to do. They should praise the beauty of holiness. Okay? 
They should praise the beauty of holiness as they go out before, read it in your Bible, as they go out before the army. That's what they're supposed to do. So army's coming, they got weapons, they got weapons, they're ready to attack, they're ready to come at them. They're going to go out, but the only thing they're taking with them is praise to the beauty of holiness. Now, it was represented in them saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. But watch this next verse here, verse 23. And when they began, everybody say began. Now, began to mean means nothing changed until they did this. Nothing changed until they did this. And when they began, is that up there? Yeah, last part. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, and they were defeated. And they were defeated. It wasn't because this is some magical way to do things. It is because this is the process that works It's the process that works for mankind. I'll show you another example of this, but this is the process of when man begins to manifest his faith through praise, through praise, he changes and the environment around him changes. Because what you declare can either set on fire the wrong things or can set on fire the right things. Now, you're going to have to decide what you want to set on fire in your life. Amen. Look at verse Acts 16, verses 25 through 26. At midnight, you know this story. Paul and, midnight, at Paul and Silas at midnight are praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. So listen, it wasn't that they were just like quietly singing songs to the Lord, you know, gently. No, man. They are praising God and everybody else is listening in. So the sound in the prison is the noise of two guys who've been beaten, bloodied, and now are tied in stocks on the ground, who basically, I mean, the, 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 the tragedy of the way that this all works out in that prison for them, uh, of what they would have experienced is just horrifying. But yet in the midst of all of it, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, so can we do this again? If it's a suddenly, that means that there was something before the suddenly that wasn't changing. But when they started (coughs) doing this, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately their doors, immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. All right, so... Let's wrap up. When we praise God, now listen carefully to this. When we praise God, we turn our whys into a what? Now, this is really, this is really good. Anybody have any whys in your life? Now, don't answer. You know, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this changing? Why aren't you moving, God? Why isn't my family straightening up? Why don't I feel better? Why, why, why? Let me tell you, why is passive? Why is passive? And when we ask why, this is what Job was going through the whole time. You know, Job, his whole thing started turned into why. 
Why is this happening? Why is it? Why? Why? And people were trying to tell him why, and, and he didn't agree with what they were saying, and he didn't agree with what anybody was saying. But God showed up and turned his why into a what. And what is an active thing? What is, what do you do? What is it that should happen? What is the next thing I do? And what happens for you and I is, is that the enemy wants to shove us into the why. I meet people all the time. They're still stuck on a why from 20 years ago. Why did my, you know, why did my kid die? Why did I get, you know, why did mom die? Why did they get cancer? Why did this happen? Why, why, why? And look, why is passive. Why never gives you breakthrough? Why will keep you stuck where you are the rest of your life? It's only till you go from a why, <clears throat> excuse me, to a what, where you're putting yourself in a position of action because God moves in action. People say, well, I thought that if you wait on the Lord. Look, waiting is not just standing there doing nothing. Waiting can be serving. Waiting can be doing all the right things you know to do until the right things begin to manifest. Waiting is not just go, with, go to sleep for a while. Be passive. This woman that was in China, she's praised God. She thanked God that he was a miracle worker, that he was her healer. <coughs> and a diagnosis that they said could not be turned. When they got to the house and checked her again, Every symptom was gone and not a single scar on her body. Not a single scar on her body. Why? Because there is a praise cure. There is a praise cure. You might be this morning sitting in some kind of why in your life. Why? Why, God? Why? And I'm telling you this morning, God wants to turn your why into a what. Because it's in the what's where things start happening. Look, I've had all my, I could tell you stories about all my whys. I mean, my goodness. And stuff that's still trying to turn into a why. But I refuse it. Because I know I only grow strong in faith, giving glory to God, not being stuck in my whys of life. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Father. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, as we come before you this morning, uh, Chuck, could we do that? Could we do that? I worship you again just one more time. Would that be okay? Yep. Hallelujah. As we come before you, God, Lord, I know that represented here, Lord God, we got baskets that are full of diagnosis. And some of them have very little praise. Some of them have half full praise. Some of them have... A lot of praise. But Father God, this morning as we come before you, we just determine that we are going to grow strong in faith, giving glory to you. That we absolutely refuse, we refuse, we refuse, Lord God, to allow ourselves to be stuck in some kind of passive position of wondering why. God, we believe. You are who you said you are, and you do what you said you would do. God, we believe that your word is true, and the devil is a liar. Every circumstance we're facing, even though it might seem as real as, as life itself, <coughs> those circumstances that contradict and are contrary to your word, Lord God, they are lies. 
The thief came to steal. The thief came to destroy. The thief came to kill. You came that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. So we choose right now to worship you in the midst of those circumstances, God. To worship you in the beauty of your holiness. That that financial thing will not win. That illness will not win. COVID will not win. The flu will not win. Rebellion <coughs> will not win in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead. Jesus. God for a miracle, if you're believing God for, for something, and uh, you got that basket of, uh, of, of all the things that are creating the doubt and the confusion, and it's a lot fuller than the one that's the worship that says God is great and God is, is doing the miraculous. If that's you, Pastor preached about it, I want you to come on up so we can get you prayer, okay? Um, we will, uh, if, if we're still part of the prayer team, we'll get a couple people down here to pray. Uh, come up for that. Also, um, Tia, would you hand um, the microphone to Kara? She's got a word from the Lord, I know. Um, yeah, so Psalm 145, verse 14 says, uh, Weak and feeble ones he will sustain. Those bent over with burdens of shame he will lift up. And then uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? 
then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. And I just felt like there's people here who are bent over with burdens today, and God wants to take those from you and set you free. That's awesome. Also, uh, just by the Spirit of the Lord, if you're here and you just, you're, you're in just, I need to be reconciled. There's just things in my life that I need reconciliation to the Lord. God is here with all his love and with all his mercy, and he wants you reconciled to him. And the, the body of Christ, all of us have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. It's not about uh, the, 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 the punishment that could come from being wrong and sin. It's about the love of God that's poured out freely. 